Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. This is the King James Radio Network, your radio home for North Brunswick Raiders sports. Timothy Christian Tigers basketball, Restoration Place, the ladies of our turf football, and the Jersey Basketball Association. This week at Restoration Place. Why do we think that we don't have to go through anything or that there's no hurt associated getting to the level that God wants us to get to? We have to endure. We have to be willing to endure the race. We have to be willing to endure the hurt and the trials and the circumstances knowing that if we just stand on the word of God that we are going to make it through. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. Christian Ministries presents First Lady and Co-Pastor Darlene Baysmore. Well, 
I left my glasses at home. <laughs> so he said, well, why don't you try mine? And I tried his. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> so he said, um, when we were getting ready to uh, come before you in uh, fellowship time, he said, well, I hope you can't read your notes. <laughs> I said, well, that's just not nice. <laughs> so, um, but um, I just know that the Holy Spirit does have a word for his people on today and just asking you to bear with me, amen, and just, you know, pray for me as the word of God is coming forward, amen. So I'm just thankful <clears throat> to be here on this morning. I thank God for this opportunity and I do thank God. I don't take it for granted for every opportunity that I'm allowed to speak before his people. God bless you. And I thank God for my pastor, amen, my pastor, my spouse, my husband, lover, and friend, amen, because it is he that has given me the opportunity to be able to come before the people, and a lot of pastors do not do that. So I am grateful for him, and I thank God for him, and for each and every one of you. I love you all, amen, um, from the depths of my heart. I don't know what I would do without restoration, amen. I just love each and every one of you. And each and every one of you is unique within within yourselves and brings something different to the table. Amen. So I am just grateful for all of you. And I, I'm grateful for the people who are not yet here. Amen. I'm thankful for the people that are coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Amen. I'm thankful for the promises that God has made for this ministry and for where we are going. And for each and every one of our lives individually, I am grateful. Amen. I thank him for the devotion calls that we have in the morning Amen. and the prayers Amen. that go forth. Amen. Amen. Because they're going forth in sincerity and we're coming together uni unifying as a unit to be used, that nucleus to be used by God. This nucleus that you see here right now is the leadership of restoration. Amen. Amen. We are the leaders that God has called for this ministry. So we are here. We're, we're united together every morning, Monday through Friday in prayer. <clears throat> Amen. And we do not take it for granted. We're getting ready to enter into our fast um, the Daniel fast for these next 10 days starting on tomorrow. And when you fast, do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Surrender all. It's not just about not eating, you know, not having sugar and not having caffeine and, and not having meat or what have you. But it's about complete surrenderance unto the Lord in this first month of the new year. Making that sacrifice, you know, giving of your first fruit to the Lord, amen, to set the standard for the rest of the year. So we, we look forward to that with expectation, amen, to be able to fast together in a unified and corporate manner, amen, because as we fast together... Um, and as we fast together corporately, we will be blessed abundantly. Amen. Amen. So as I was thinking about, about today and reflecting on this morning, I started thinking about today would have been my grandmother's birthday. And January 7th, she shares a birthday with a close friend of mine, Regina Hall. And every year she knows that she can expect a call from me on her birthday. And um, I was thinking about my grandmother. My grandmother would now have been 111 years old. She was born in 1907, January 7th, 1907. And um, I thought about her on this morning. I mean, she was very dear to my heart. <clears throat> and um, so as I was thinking about her, 
I was thinking about the aspect of how we look at people, you know, for, for face value, for how they look on a daily basis, but we don't know the journey that they had to go through. We look at people sometimes on Facebook who may have been blessed with this or are in millionaire status or whatever. Every single day we're looking at the glorified version of that person, but we don't know the journey that they had to go through in order to get there. We don't know what they had to endure to get there. And when I thought about my grandmother in particular, I thought about her because she was always playful with me and always gave John a hard time, but she was always playful with me. Amen. And she was she always seemed to appear to be this very strong woman of God, to be, um, you know, the intercessor and to be the prayer, to be the prayer warrior and to be the praiser in the church. And, you know, she always just seemed like everything was under control. But when you look back over her life in the years of how she even started out to get to the point of where she was when I had the opportunity to share her in my life, I look back at her and I look back at the woman who had to, when both of her parents died, raise her siblings. And I look back at the story of how she moved to New Jersey, married my father's father, and how she brought her siblings to New Jersey, how she brought her nieces and nephews to New Jersey, how she was like the matriarch of the family. I look at how she endured um, an abusive relationship with my father's father because he was an alcoholic. I look at how that hurt her to her core when he was with other women. And then when he got sick, the woman that he was living with wouldn't take care of him and she would go to the house and take care of him in spite of what happened to her and the hurt that she felt on the inside. I think back to the story of how my father was like the perfect child before he went into the military. And then when he came back from the war after seeing people getting killed right before his eyes, began drinking and became an abusive alcoholic himself. I look at the woman that endured all of that and then I look at the woman that endured her husband that she was married to currently becoming bedridden ridden, and her having to take care of him for years, day in and day out, changing diapers, feeding him, doing everything because he had very bad arthritis and couldn't do for himself. So I look at these things and I look at how even though... Uh, even though my father was married and had his own family, I look at how even the torment of the alcoholism didn't stop with just her husband, but the torment continued on with my father because we all lived in the same house. So even though she was still trying to pay the bills and keep the house together and have her own um, hair salon and work and be faithful in the church and serve the church with her whole heart and serve the Lord with her whole heart, even though she was doing all of these things, she still had to endure. Mm -hmm. So when you saw the person that came to church on Sunday morning with a smile on her face or playfully laughing with other people, you didn't know the behind the scenes story of what she had to endure in order to get to the point of where she was at that time. 
So when I'm, where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is that sometimes we have to, we, it's not even sometimes, we have to endure the hard circumstances. We have to endure the journey. We have to endure the pain and the hurt and the tribulation that we may experience on whether it's a daily or monthly or quarterly basis in order to get to that level of where God wants us to be. It's your endurance through those things that are going to take you through. It's the endurance and knowing that your God is able. My grandmother, even though she may have been hurting, she was a prayer warrior. I mean an intercessor. She would pray in the midnight hours, travailing before the Lord, praying to Him for so many different things. And even to a point, because I was living upstairs with her, even to the point where I would be like, okay, it's two in the morning. I got to get up and go to work. You need to stop praying now. <laughs> we, all right, I need to go into another room or something. <laughs> but she continued in prayer. And because of her faith in God, she knew that she was victorious. Because of her faith in God, she could praise God. She could pray you through. She could take you into a place of encouragement, just speaking the words from the Bible that God had given her to be uh, an ambassador to speak those words for. So what happens here? When we look at our circumstances, we can't look at them in such a way that we're ready to just give up at the very drop of a dime. But we have to be willing and able to endure yes. the journey. So true. We have to when we look at um when we look at athletes, say for example an NFL player or an NBA player or a swimmer or someone running track in the Olympics. When we look at them, they had to go through something to get to that level that they are at right now. They had to go through something. A lot of those athletes trained from children, like Josiah's age, on up in whatever their craft is to be able to perform at that high level when they become an adult. So, you know, they have given years of sacrifice. They've given years of training. They've given years to eating the proper diet. And the physical abuse that they have put their bodies through, when you, when you even think of someone like a ballerina, the physical abuse that she puts on her feet when she's, you know, before she's dancing, whether she's practicing or what have you, the, the blood that comes from the, you know, the toenails and the toes. And, and we don't take all of that into consideration. All we take into consideration is that they're doing this beautiful dance before us and we see the finished product. But we're not thinking about what they had to go through yes, yes, in order yes. to get to where they yes. are and what they continue to put their bodies through. A professional football player had to go through a lot to get to the level of being a professional football player but still endures pain, still endures hurt, still endures physical abuse to his body when he's playing in the games that he's reached the pinnacle level to be able to play in. Why do we think that 
we don't have to go through anything or that there's no hurt associated getting to the level that God wants us to get to. We have to endure. We have to be willing to endure the race. We have to be willing to endure the hurt and the trials and the circumstances knowing that if we just stand on the word of God that we are going to make it through. There are different times in our life when we look at the trials and the circumstances that we go through and we continue to look back on where we were. You know, like, I remember when, you know, the church was full or I remember when this one and that one was coming to church. But what we have to do in this year and moving forward is we can't continue to look back But we have to be willing to look forward. We have to be willing to put all of those things and all of those worries behind us and be willing to look forward to where God is taking us. Mm -hmm. If we continue to look back, we'll never look forward Mm -hmm. at to where he wants to bring us and to where he's taking us. So we have to get to a point in our life where we stop looking back and when we continue to look forward with expectation yes. of what God is doing in our life, we have to be willing to endure. We have to be willing to, you know, go through something to get to where God wants us to be. When we look through the Bible, you know, we look at different people um, that have in our, I guess in our mindset, reached certain successes you know, and looking at their lives and the stories of their faithfulness and, you know, but we don't look at the journey sometimes that it took. We don't look at how many years it took them to get to where they were um, or to when they received the promise from God. When we look at Abraham, you know, it took Abraham 25 years from the time that God spoke that promise to him and Sarah that they would have a son. It took him 25 years of faithfulness before the Lord before that even came into fruition. When you look at Joseph, Joseph had a dream that one day his brothers would bow before him. You know, but that dream didn't happen instantaneously. It didn't happen the next day. It didn't come about the next day. Joseph had to go through being sold into slavery. He had to go through being imprisoned um, under false pretenses. And he went through all of that. He went through every step of his journey that God took him through. And it was 22 years before that dream came into fruition. So we look at things and we live in this microwave world where we're thinking that it should happen instantaneously. But when it doesn't happen that next day or when it doesn't happen that next week or that year, we become frustrated. But we have to remain faithful on what God has said to us and stand on his word knowing that he's able to perform that that he said. It may not happen yet, you know, tomorrow And it may not be 25 and 22 years out. Lord, I'm hoping that it's not. And I'm praying that it's not. And I'm speaking that it's not. Amen. (laughs) But we have to realize that, you know, God is developing us. He's creating character. He's helping us to get to that level that he wants us to be at in order to receive 
with expectation what it is that he has promised. When we look in Hannah, she was barren for a number of years. The Bible doesn't specifically say how many, but she was barren for a number of years. But she continued in prayer to the Lord, even though she was being taunted by uh, Pen. I call it Penina, but it could be pronounced a different way. But even though she was being taunted by Elkanah's other wife, she went through that taunting. She went through those tough times. She went through those times of adversity with her taunting her all the time. And she continued to pray. She remained faithful in prayer as unto the Lord until the Lord blessed her to be able to conceive a son. One of my favorites is the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years she had that issue of blood. Twelve years she went through that sickness and that disease that kept taunting her body. You know, she she defied all by going through that crowd and reaching towards Jesus and reaching out for the hem of his garment. She had spent all that she had. She had no more resources. She had gone to all of the doctors. She had done everything that she thought humanly possible. But she heard about a, na- a man named Jesus who was coming through and she felt that if she could just touch the hem of his garment based upon what other people were saying to her how he was healing people and the miracles that he performed if she could just push her way through if she could just endure the crowd and get through to the hem of his garment then by her faith she would be made whole and that's exactly what happened But we can't give up the race. We can't give up the fight. We have to continue to push on. And we have to continue to endure. We have to endure the circumstances that are set before us. We cannot give up, but we must stand fast and continue through the journey. Minister Thomas was speaking on, I believe it was Thursday, and he said that there, you know, that God is showing us he's showing us and he's doing a new thing in our lives and we have to trust that that is exactly what is happening it's in the atmosphere we sing a move of God is on the way we can feel him in the air it's in the atmosphere that doing a new thing is in the atmosphere but we have to grab hold to it by faith we cannot become weary in well doing but we have to stand steadfast on the promises of God. We cannot, you know, give up at the very sign of adversity coming our way, but we should rejoice that adversity is coming our way because it's helping us to learn. It's helping us to develop. It's helping us to grow. And we know that if there's no adversity, then we must be doing something wrong. But when there's adversity that's being faced within our lives, when we're these trials and these circumstances then we need to know that God is moving on our behalf and it's nothing but the enemy that's trying to come against us to make us feel like nothing is happening and to make us feel like we need to give up but that is when we need to build that wall like with Nehemiah and we have to stand fast in the faith we have to grab hold to what God is trying to do in our lives and we must trust him with that We have to trust God. And regardless of what it looks like, our faith and our trust must be placed in Him, the all-wise God. He made us and created 
bring us through. So yes, we need to hold on to God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in us. We will go through those circumstances. We will go through and face those situations. But we must go through them with an expectation that God is going to do what he said he would do. We must go through them with an expectation knowing that if I stand here on the word of God with my heels and my feet dug in, with my heart rooted and grounded in his word, that he's going to do what he said he would do. We have to know and we have to trust God at all times with the promises that he has made to his people. You know, there are times when I feel sometimes, and I'll be honest, like I'm one of the children that's wandering around in the wilderness, you know, the children of Israel. And, you know, how I'll see something and it'll it'll seem like it's right before me, like it was when Caleb and Joshua went out and, you know, they were spies to the land and they saw the land. It was right there in front of them. But the other spies that went out, they were like, yeah, you know, well, the land, it looks fruitful. You know, this looks like it's a good land that God has promised us. But it's the people that are in the land. I, I don't know. I don't think we should take that land right now. And you have Caleb and you have Joshua that are like, listen, God, you, we have to stand on the promises of God. Come on, Moses. We have to stand here and we have to fight. You know, we can go in. We can do this thing. We can take over the land. But they listened to the other people that said nay. So I feel sometimes, sometimes, like I'm looking into, like God will show me in dreams and I'll see green fields and I'll see the grass and, and I'll know that this is where God wants us to occupy. But because of circumstances that are before me, because of situations that come in my way, I, I'm only seeing with the natural eye and I'm looking and I'm saying, but God, I don't know, you know, why are we walking around and it seems like we're just going in circles and walking in the wilderness. It's because I didn't have enough trust and faith in God to possess the land. Hallelujah. But we have to get to a point where we trust God and God only. And we have to go in and we have to possess the land. The land is right there before us. But we have to have enough faith and enough trust in what God has said to not give up and to not become into despair. But we have to trust him that we shall possess the land. So restoration, we shall possess that land. We've seen it in dreams. We've heard it from the voice of the Lord. We know the promises that he has made. We have to just stand and fight and trust that we are going to possess the land. So what happens? You know, we get to a point where, you know, we we have what we call unsung warriors in the Bible. And and one of those unsung warriors to me is Caleb. Because Caleb, he was a soldier. He was a spy. But he was faithful. He was faithful to God's promises. And, you know, a lot of times we just put the focus on the children of Israel, on Moses, and we put the focus on Joshua. But we don't think too much about Caleb. But Caleb played an intricate part in that because 
he stood on the faithfulness of God. He stood and he trusted God's word. And, you know, we get to a point where we have to do the same thing. We have to trust on the word of God. And it didn't matter that the majority of the people did not believe in what he believed in, Minister Nikki. But he stood as the minority. And he trusted in God's word. And a lot of us have had promises that have been made to us where family members and others do not agree with what God has promised you. But you have to stand as the minority and you have to trust in God's word. You know, it, it doesn't matter. He didn't care what he looked like saying that, you know, we can still win and we can fight and we can do this thing. He didn't care about what others thought. But he stood there flat-footed, standing on the promises of God. And that's how we have to be. We cannot worry about man's opinion. We can't worry about man's approval. But we have to be more concerned about what is God saying? What is God's will for our life, Sister Pat? What is God saying that we must do? Irregardless of how it may look to others, irregardless if, if we feel, you know, that... You know, it, that other people are laughing at us and, and taunting us and, and saying bad things about us. We have to come together as a ministry. We have to come together collectively and corporately. And we have to stand on the promises of God and what He said is going to happen. It doesn't matter what they think. We have to become more consumed with what God's approval is and what God is thinking about our situations and our actions and how we are reacting to different things that are said and done in our lives. We have to be more consumed. Is God pleased with what I'm doing than than the approval of man? Is man pleased with what I'm doing? But we have to be consumed by what God said. And consumed by what he wants us to do. For courage and faith to be effective, we must combine those words with actions. We have to combine the words that we speak with the actions that God would have us to take in certain situations. God spoke to Moses in Numbers 14 and 24. And he stated, But my servant Caleb... Because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him I will bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. This was fulfilled in Joshua 14, 6 through 15. Caleb was 85 when the fruition of the promise came to pass. For 40 years, he labored with those complaining and miserable children of Israel. (laughs) But when he was 85, the promise was fulfilled. He was able to possess that land. So if Caleb didn't give up, why should we? If Abraham didn't give up, why should we? Joseph didn't give up. Hannah didn't give up. There are so many others named in the Bible that didn't give up. Why should we? We have to, you know, we talk about the saints of old, but we have to have that same trust in God's word as the saints of old. We have to trust him. God didn't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. 
word. Sometimes the journey can be compared to a race in life. You know, and I think about, when I think about our journey being compared to a race in life, I think about Pastor, how he was saying that he was 37 and he started training again for a track race. And I don't, I don't know what the track race was called, but it's a race for people of that age group. Masters tournament, he said. So, you know, he was 37 at that time. But, you know, he continued to train. He continued to get his body right, to eat the right things. He continued in the faith that he was going to make this race. And in his mindset, and you know our pastor, it wasn't good enough for him to just race. He had to win. <laughs> he had to win the race. So... He, he talks about how he had trained for this race and he started running and he started out real good. But then all of a sudden when he was coming around, was it the last lap? When he was coming around the last lap, the bear got a hold of him. <laughs> and he said he could hear his children in the stands and they were like, come on, Dad, come on, Dad, you got to resist the bear. So a lot of people don't know what the bear is, but the bear <laughs> is like a bear. <laughs> climbing onto you. And what the bear does is that it just slows down everything. You know, your feet start to feel like lead, your legs start to feel like lead, and you feel like something has just captivated your body and you just can't go on. But he continued and he continued to fight this bear. And so he did win the race. But the thing that I'm saying here is that we have a bear that has tried to attach itself to us. And so that bear can make you feel like you have no more energy. The circumstances, the situations, whether it's your children, whether it's your job, whether it's your finances, whether it's your health, whether it's addiction, whether it's not addiction, whether whatever it is, those circumstances have climbed onto our back so much that we feel like in this race we have a bear that's on us and we feel like we have no energy to continue on. But we have to contend. We have to contend and fight with the faith of God, knowing that he's able to see us through because we are winners, we are victors, we are overcomers, we are conquerors, and we shall win. We shall win. So you have to fight the temptation of the bear climbing on your back. And you have to continue to persevere. You have to continue to endure the race. You have to continue to fight the good fight of faith. One of the things, there are different principles that Caleb followed in his endurance or that helped him to endure. And one of the principles is that he followed the Lord 100%. He didn't give the Lord half. He didn't give the Lord, you know, a little bit. But he followed and he stood fast on the word of God a hundred percent of the way. He wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed what God said to him and what God promised him. He didn't do it half of the way, but he did it wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we have to do as believers in Christ. We have to wholeheartedly follow and stand on the promises of God. We can't do it with a half heart, one foot in and one foot out. But we have to stand there 100% knowing. 
knowing that God is able to do what he said he was going to do. In Deuteronomy 11 and 3 it states, And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and soul. We have to love him with our whole heart. We have to love him with everything that is within us. It's like when you're, you know, dating someone or when you're married to someone, you love them with your whole heart, your mind, your body, your soul. That is your soulmate. You are committed to them. With that same love, you have to translate it into the spiritual realm. And you have to love God the exact same way. You have to be obedient to Him. You have to keep His commandments. You have to love Him wholeheartedly. God has done so much for each and every one of us. How can we not love Him? How can we not exemplify that love? Whether it's through prayer, whether it's through studying, whether it's through reading His Word. It's through your relationship with Him wholeheartedly knowing that He is able. But you don't even just love Him because you know what He can do. But you love Him because of what He's already done. You love Him because He's created you. You love him because he's your Abba Father. You love him because your peace, your joy, and your everything is in him. Everything that we need is found within him. So it's our relationship and loving him wholeheartedly, standing on the word of God, knowing and trusting him for each and everything that he has promised. The second principle is don't compromise, but stand your ground. At the risk of being ostracized, no matter what other people may say or think, you stand your ground. You stand your ground knowing what God has told you. Don't waver on what God has promised you. Don't waver on the word of God and what he has said. You stand your ground like you know that you should. And remain faithful to his will, not our own will, but to his will. It doesn't matter what man may think. You know, we have to be more concerned with what God is thinking and what he is saying about our lives and as we face these certain temptations and as we face certain trials in our lives we cannot quit we cannot give up but we must focus on what God's word says and exercise endurance in our situations we have to exercise that endurance is the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or different process or difficult process or situation without giving way. So we have to be able to show that we are going to put our words into actions. You know, we're saying all the time that, you know, I declare this and I decree that. Well, now it's time to put that to action. Now it's time to stand flat-footed and not give way. Endure that difficult situation knowing that God is helping you to learn and helping you to grow and helping you to get to that next level where He has designed for you to be. Because as we endure, we shall reach that promised land. As we endure, we shall possess that land that God has promised us. But we have to stand firm. The third principle is take God at his word. Caleb didn't win an immediate race. He didn't, you know, enter into the promised land immediately. It was 40 years before he actually entered into the land to be able to possess it. 
He had to wander all of that time in the wilderness with those that didn't believe and that didn't want to stand on the promises of God. But we have to trust what God is saying and we have to take him at his word. The fourth principle is long for fellowship with God. Caleb asked for a place in the, in the promised land called Hebron. Is it Hebron? Hebron. Hebron. Thank you. Which in its original language means fellowship, love, and communion. Caleb learned, he yearned, excuse me, for fellowship with God. While the Israelites kept looking back, he learned, he yearned for more fellowship with God and kept looking forward. While others wanted to place their minds in what had happened in the past, he kept looking forward towards the promised land of where he wanted to get to. You must be able to continue to look forward in the things that God has said that he shall bring to pass. We cannot continue, as I stated before, looking back on what has already been and what has already happened. Yes, it's good to remember, but we have to learn from what we happened from what happened in the past and we have to continue to move forward with the things that we have learned with the things that God is showing us with the things that God is doing in our lives with an expectation of that it shall happen and it shall come to pass you know we're, we're headed in so many different directions because God is going to be just opening up so many different doors but we're going to do it collectively. We're going to do it corporately. You know, and I look with, with expectation now, you know, not worrying about what I don't see, but looking with expectation the things that God has yes, promised yes, in yes. his word. You know, because if you continue to look at what you don't see, you're going to become discouraged. You're going to become despondent. You're going to live each and every single day in despair, wondering when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? What do we what do we have to do to make it happen? But we all we have to do is just trust God's word. All we have to do is follow his commands. All we have to do is follow what he wants us to do in his word. He'll give it to you what he would have you to do step by step, instruction by instruction. He will his Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into the way that he would have for you to go. But we have to trust him yes, to yes, do that. Yes, yes. We have to endure as a race. We have to endure as a body in Christ. We have to endure and come together collectively, unitedly, corporately, knowing that what God said he's going to do, he shall perform it. There's, and in conclusion, there's well, one thing that I was, um, I was watching this movie, and it's one of my favorites, and Pastor know where I'm going with this, and it's called Facing the Giants, and I've talked about it before. And in this movie, there's one part, and I'm telling you, this, this movie brings me to tears every time I see this one part. <laughs> I mean, I cry through anything else, but I will cry through that part. And it's when this guy has to do the death crawl. And the coach is trying to get him through the death crawl. And the death crawl is uh, something that they do. It's like an exercise that you can do, and it's not just in football, but you can do it for strength training. But the death crawl itself improves your overall uh, full body strength and muscular endurance. Okay, So he's down on the ground and before he gets on the ground he's blindfolded. And the reason that this, 
this part gets to me so much is because a lot of times in our journey, we don't know, you know, the plans that God has for us. Only God knows the plans that he has for us. So in essence, we're blindfolded. We're really blindfolded. We know what God said he's going to do, but we don't really know how we're going to get there because we just have to continue to trust him and follow his word and, and trust what he said for us to do. We have to trust his commands that he tells us to do. So we're, we're basically blindfolded, although we know that we're going to reach the end. And in this death crawl, he told, before he blindfolded this football player, he told him, I want you to give me your best. He said, do you promise to give me your best? So he said it like three times, and the guy's like, yes, I'll give you my best, you know? So then he said, okay, I want you to do it blindfolded. And so he was like, blindfolded? He was like, well, how am I going to see where I'm going? He said, that's just it. I'll be there with you. I'll lead you through it. And so that's how and automatically my mind goes to us and, and the journey that we're taking as a ministry and the journey that we're taking in our lives. Being blindfolded but trusting God because he's there with us. Yeah. And his word says that he would never leave us nor forsake us. But we have to be so in tune because if you notice when you're blindfolded, you don't have the sense of your eyes to be able to see, so your other senses become stronger. So now, even though you can't see, your sense of hearing becomes stronger. Your sense of touch and what you feel, everything becomes stronger. So now we're listening, so our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit has to be there because now we have to listen and be guided by His voice to be able to get to that finished end. So as we're going through and as he gets into position, which is on all fours. So he's on all fours, but not only is he on all fours, he has to carry somebody on his back. So when I look at him carrying somebody on his back and going down the field, immediately my mind goes to the burdens and the trials and the situations and the homes and the new houses and the places where we've had to be in the interim and the financial difficulties and the the health situations that we've had to suffer. All of these things are on his back. And all of those things are on our back. The insecurities, the, yes, the, yes. The, the, the despair that we've had to go through, the, the ostracism from loved ones, the, the people that didn't believe in you, the people that, that, that taunted you. All of those yes. things are on your back right now. But you're in position to do this crawl blindfolded. So he starts to go down the field and he's, you know, at a pretty good pace. But then as with Pastor and this race that he ran, the bear started to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. So then all of those things, all of those situations that you're carrying from your childhood, all of those situations that you're carrying from people that told you that they loved you and treated you wrong, and all of those situations where you suffer financially and where you've just been, you know, tormented by the enemy. All of those situations start to grip you and they make you think that you can't go on. But then at that particular point, the coach says to him, come on, you got to keep going. And so the guy is telling him, but I can't go. I can't go. He says, come on. I'm not giving up on you. He says, you can do it. And he keeps going down the field farther and farther. And then he gets to a point where he's telling the coach, it hurts. It hurts. And that's what we say to our Abba Father. God, it hurts. It hurts. 
zone. influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Are you in need of an encouraging word to start your day? Do you need someone to pray in agreement with you? Here at Restoration Christian Ministries, we offer our daily prayer call. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, where members of our ministry team will lift you up as you head out into the course of your day. The phone number for our prayer call is 641-715-3645, and the PIN number to dial is 500-765, followed by the pound key. Be encouraged and stay encouraged with our daily prayer call at 641-715-3645. Don't forget to press 500-765 and the pound key for our prayer call at Restoration Christian Ministries. And now, the final word from Minister Thomas Trey Gilbert. Good evening, everyone. Uh, today, I want to talk to you out of Isaiah 43, verse uh, 19. Uh, the Lord speaking through Isaiah says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Um, I know we always look to uh, bigger things, better things at the turning of a year. Uh, the end of a year, uh, the Bible says the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Um, the Bible tells us that God knows the end from the beginning. So we often look at the end of a thing uh, to be a good thing, um, most particularly when we think about spiritual things. And so when God says, I'm doing a new thing, um, especially at the beginning of a year, uh, we, we often have resolutions and things that we want to accomplish and, and we want to start out good so that way uh, we can reach the expected end that God has in mind for us. But here, it's it's just really been in my spirit as we go into this year, like never before, um, that God really wants to do and is doing and has done. It's, it's already done this new thing. And whatever that is for you, I mean, maybe maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a new place to live. Maybe it's financial um, stability in your life. You know, uh, whatever that new thing may be, open your eyes. Because he says here in verse 19, shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? There are things that you will see that will come to pass. God purposely tells us things that happen uh, in the future before they happen. So that way we know it was him. That way we know it's, it's him that's orchestrating our steps, our paths, the things that is happening around us. He, he purposely tells us the end at the beginning. So that we know that it's him. He is the only one who has that knowledge of our destiny. So as you go into this year in 2018, I pray that God's blessing is upon you going out and coming in and that you reap the benefits of your relationship with him. God bless you.
Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged by God's Word and will tune in next time to this station for our Sunday service at Restoration Christian Ministries. Stay encouraged and have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed-up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick-or-treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick-or-treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.